from the book of Luke, chapter 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come to and say to you, give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For though all those who exalt himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me now in a word of prayer. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bring glory and honor to your name. It is in the name of Jesus the Christ, our Savior and Lord, Jesus who revealed you to us so that we will have no doubt as to the, who you are, as the God of our lives, Jesus, the one who continues to call us to follow him and to imitate him. It's in this Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Do you recall family stories that have been passed down from one generation to the next? Stories that may have caused you to laugh or caused you to cry? Stories are important, and it's important for us to pass those stories along from one generation to the next. For a few moments on today, I want to preach from a message titled, Cracked Cisterns, Cracked Cisterns. I'm thankful for the music ministry of Miss Ava Turpa this morning because, you see, she blessed us with songs, and you'll hear the second one after the sermon, that were written by her mother, Elizabeth Binion Turbo's great uncle, Mr. William Bennett. Now that history is found in your bulletin as well. So how wonderful it is that the story about Mr. William Bennett was passed on from Elizabeth Binion Turba to her family. Stories are important. If we had the time, and we don't, so just relax, I would ask you to share one or two of your favorite family stories. You know, the kind of stories that you tell at Thanksgiving or during the Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day, the kinds of stories that some families just kind of turn away thinking, oh no, we're going to hear this story again. 
You know those types of stories. Today's Hebrew scripture is a classic example from my perspective of what can happen when certain stories are not passed on from one generation to the next. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 through 13, the prophet Jeremiah announces a covenant lawsuit. He's speaking on behalf of the Lord. Jeremiah indicts and judges Israel for breaking covenant with God, a covenant that had bound them together by mutual promises. God made a promise to Israel, and that promise is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. Please hear this promise. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Yes, God made a covenant with the Israelites, but the Israelites were no longer living in a covenantal relationship with God. As a matter of fact, in today's text, we hear the frustration and the dismay, if I may use those terms, on the part of God. And unless Israel changes its ways, they will face, the nation of Israel will face calamity. As I look at this particular text, I'm mindful of the fact that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we have stories too. Stories that we can tell. We can tell the stories of how one God had brought us out of bondage to sin into a life of freedom through Jesus Christ. Every follower of Jesus Christ has that story to tell, not just amongst ourselves, but that story that is to be passed on to the next generation. I would suggest to you that the reason why we find the Israelites in Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 through 13, going after another god, the god called Baal, the god of water and fertility, is because they had forgotten the stories. They had forgotten how God had delivered their ancestors from bondage. They had forgotten how God had promised to meet their every need. They had forgotten that God had fulfilled all of God's promises. I want to tell you today, as I listen to the news, and as I listen to some religious leaders, I would suggest to you that followers of Jesus Christ have forgotten those stories that we should remember stories that are based on God's grace being shown to God's people. We have forgotten to tell the story that you don't have to play the lottery to have your needs met. All you have to do is to put God first and ask God to trust and ask God to bless you with the resources that you need and then watch how God will take little and make it much. I'll give you a classic example. If you attended the Basher Bash Fellowship on last Sunday, the potluck that we had, there were some individuals who walked into that fellowship hall and they looked at this beautiful uh, spread of food. And some people thought, well, we have enough. And lo and behold, after, after 
that potluck meal, there was still food on the table. God provides. God makes ways out of no ways. Not just when it comes to food. Not just when it comes to finances. We have stories to tell people who are looking for hope. We can tell people when your back is against the wall and you do not know what to do, trust Jesus Christ. Talk to Jesus Christ. Seek his guidance. Seek his direction. He will lead you. Do I have a witness in the house? These are stories that we need to pass on to the next generation who are looking in all of the wrong places to find that hope, to find that peace, that hope and peace that we know exists as a result of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Israelites forgot to pass the stories on to the next generations, and so we look at this generation now who has turned from the living God to a false God, Baal the God of water and fertility. You do know that in this region where uh, the Israelites were living, water was a premium. They had cisterns to catch the rainfall so that when water became low, people could go to the cisterns to draw the water. But cisterns eventually crack, which means that the water leaks out. The water that's contained in that cistern, that water that has become stagnant, God refers to Baal as the cistern, crack cistern, that people have turned to for their answers, that people are worshiping because they think Baal is the answer, this crack cistern. And they've turned away from the God of flowing living waters. I'm going to ask you today, take an assessment of your life. Take an assessment of your life, Pastor, too. Who are you relying on? Who are you depending on to meet your needs, to respond to your concerns? Side note, side note. This past week, there were individuals who've had student loans for many years who were informed that there would be some relief from the federal government. And there was a mixed reaction. Some people celebrated and said, well, thank the Lord. And if you've ever had student debt, you know how it feels to hear your student debt has been forgiven. And there were other people who said, what? We're going to... We're going to forgive student debt? How dare we do that? How, no, how dare the government do that? But I don't remember those same people giving that response when their PPP loans were forgiven. I told you it was a side note. And you say, I have to bring it, I'm bringing it up because some of us have chosen to follow this, this God called Baal. I don't know what the name you've given to uh, this God who pretends 
to be all-knowing, this God whom you are relying on, this God whom you're listening to Monday through Sunday, and you're getting your views from this God? Unless we are sold out in our relationship, when it comes to our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we have to check ourselves and find out if we are also following a God that's not really a God. If there is to be a change in this society, it will not come from our government. If there's to be a change of hearts and minds in this society so that people, when they see you, when they see me, when they see us, they'll see people who are made in the image of God. If there's to be a change in this society so that people will understand that it's not about us versus them, and if Gail is blessed, that means I'm coming up short. If there's to be a change in this society when it comes to our understanding that we all have enough, and if we don't have enough, then those who have much needs to think about giving some to those who don't have enough. If there's to be a change in this society, it will come about because the church of Jesus Christ is ushering in the change, not the federal government. And so that's why it is important for us, beloved, every week, Monday through Sunday, to ask ourselves the question, which God am I following today? I don't believe, as I come to a close, I don't believe that every day the Israelites woke up and they said, I am not going to follow God today. I don't think they did that. No, I think because the stories had not been passed on to them, they relied upon the information that they had. And all that they had was an understanding that if they were to follow this false god called Baal, their needs would be met. The good news for us is that we do not have to follow a Baal. We do not have to rely on stagnant water, for we have been blessed to have a relationship with the God who offers living water. It's in John chapter 7, verse 37, that we read these words from Jesus Christ. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. What kind of thirst do you have? A thirst of belonging? A thirst of trying to decide what your purpose is? A thirst of trying to understand what your identity is to be? Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scriptures has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus is the source of those living waters. Exchange the broken, the cracked cisterns for the living water that constantly flows. And in this text, of course, the living water refers to the Holy Spirit who is given to every believer. Whether we feel like it or not, we have been given this gift. 
if the church of Jesus Christ is to be the church of Jesus Christ and not a platform for our culture, then we must continue to remember the promises that have been given to us through Jesus Christ. We must continue not only to remember those promises, but to share those promises with the next generation. We must take the time as families and as individuals to share the stories. We must take time as individuals and families to talk to our children and youth about Jesus Christ's faithfulness to us. We must take the time to share with families and friends the difference that Jesus Christ is making in our lives. We must take the time to pray so that our children will hear how we do talk to Jesus Christ, how we do talk to God. Yes, when I look at this particular text, it's obvious to me that the reason why the people behaved in such an idolatrous way is because no one had passed on the stories, the promises of God to them. May we, as followers of Jesus Christ, of the 21st century, we, followers of Jesus Christ, who are members of Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, we, who are followers of Jesus Christ, who are friends of Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, may we not be accused of not sharing the stories, the promises of God, stories and promises that offer us life in a world that seeks life. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for your word. We give you thanks for the stories that have been passed on from one generation to the next about your faithfulness to your children. May we continue to share the stories with our families, with our friends, and especially with our mission field here in South Bend and beyond so that all will know that there truly is a living God who loves your creation, who's been made in your image. You love us so much. That's our identity. We belong to you. We're made in your image. And you want to be in a relationship with us that answers our need for belonging. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, that we may live as Christ's disciples in relationship with you as we share with your world your love, your grace, and your mercy. May we not be ashamed, and may we not forget your story. Amen. <laughs>